turned up the game. Is that better? Oh, baby. It's certainly louder. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Are you uh, on the International Space Station? I am not. I'm in Maine. Maine doesn't have internet, apparently. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. Uh, hey. Hey, Ben. Happy Thursday, man. Happy Thursday to you. And I'm going on vacation tomorrow, so it's extra happy. Yeah, you sort of seem like you, you're actually already in Maine. You're remote. I am remote. This is our first remote recording. I can't see your face right now, which is confusing. I'm looking at your still avatar and pretending it's talking uh, to me. That's helpful. Or anyway. So um, I did some stuff this week. You want to hear about it? I sure do, Ben. I started my week uh, doing something that I think everyone loves doing, which is switching from Mandrill to SendGrid. Oh, God. Yeah, it actually was. So why were you on Mandrill in the first place? Aren't we relatively standardized throughout ThoughtBot on SendGrid? I think SendGrid is our preferred thing. I don't know why Mandrill was chosen. It was before my time. We just, that's what I inherited. And this is due to uh, MailChimp, the owner of Mandrill, recently pulled the rug out from under us. Not a, under I mean, a, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't actually really dick into it too much. The, the gist was like, oh, you need an account on MailChimp.com now because this is now like a paid service in relation to MailChimp. It, it kind of felt like whoever was in charge of that division got demoted and had their mm-hmm. like stuff like rolled into the rest of MailChimp. Right. But I actually didn't dig into it that much because it, I needed to change it anyway. I wanted to switch to SendGrid because that's sort of our thing that we like. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and it turns out it was actually quite easy. Thanks, Action Mailer, for abstracting over pretty much all of that. I basically changed one file. Good abstractions are worth so much. Yeah, I mean, was, bad abstractions are bad, but good ones are so good. It was real nice. I, I tweaked a couple of environment variables, and I tweaked a like a config RB file, and that was about the end of it. Abstractions and 12-factor apps, that's how you get there. Yeah, it was pretty legit. So that was nice. Uh, I was glad it didn't take much time. Um, and then I did some stuff. Uh, it's been actually a pretty good week, because I've been uh, cranking on things, and so has uh, Dan Croak, and so has Tyson. Uh, so Dan's been working on growth stuff and Tyson's been doing design stuff. So there's been a lot of commits to the repo, which I love to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, were they deleting commits? I think that's the favorite type of commit, right? <laughs> Funny you should mention that. Uh, one of the things I did this week was I did delete some code. There we go. And I commented in the kitchen to somebody else saying like, mostly over the last few weeks, I've been deleting code and raising the prices and revenue just keeps going up. So I'm just going to keep doing that until it stops working. I worry that you're getting spoiled with that because that's so, that's so nice to be able to do that. At some point it does run out if you have no app left and it costs a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, we'll see when we hit that, uh, that inflection point for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Um, so the thing I, I pulled out was, um, on the, the, so in FormKeep, we have an idea of an un, like a red status for su- submissions, like red or unread. Okay. And I, I think it actually was just, I mean, it's, it's an interesting idea if you were like, if you got a very small amount of submissions and you like to review your submissions by going into the FormKeep UI and looking at them mm-hmm. and you wanted to know which ones you had read and not, like it's kind of useful. But beyond that, that, I would say that use case is actually kind of niche. More people are forwarding them to their email or using Zapier to send them off to somewhere else. Right. And so that like unread count was just kind of, um, A, it was costing us uh, performance. Because when we load your forms list for every form, we have to figure out how many unread things you have. So mm-hmm. that was not great. Uh, and it was just code that we didn't, it, it, was not a, it was not a very useful feature and it cost some st- stuff. So I ripped it out. And that was, so you have P2 
PJAX sort of thing enabled as someone's moving through submissions in the list. And so I guess that yeah. PJAX request was triggering. It wasn't AJAX, I guess, is the nice thing. So you'd, you didn't have that code ever, but you also didn't need to delete it. You just removed whatever server-side hook toggled that yep. property. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't a ton of code, but it was, it was mostly it was red, which was nice. It's interesting. I'm, I'm always wary of removing things, especially something like that, because I don't know that you have visibility into how much someone's using that because it's an, uh, it's an implicit thing yep. in your, your app. But yep. uh, whereas like if there were some, you know what? No one ever visits this page. I know that people aren't using this. Therefore, I can comfortably uh, get rid of it. Uh, mm -hmm. This one, you had to go kind of more on your intuition. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I, th I thought about contacting people and just saying like, hey, like, do you use this? Would you care if it went away? Yeah. But I, I only I don't want to like always be contacting people about things and it didn't yep. feel high value enough that I was like I think I can trust my judgment on this and just rip it out the other thing that I would say on that is uh, in my experience if you ask someone if they want something they will always say yes yeah exactly or they will say yes much more than it's ac uh, is accurate like if mm -hmm. you were to ask me that and I reform keep subscribing I'm like well I don't really use that but I, I, I want that feature it's yeah. a feature I, I want it yep. uh, and my guess is you would have seen a lot of responses like that but if you just remove it basically you can use does anyone complain in the next few weeks and if so then you can say like, oh, actually, there's something interesting here, and maybe we restore it, but we restore it differently. But most likely, you're going to hear one or two people say, "I am sad about this," but otherwise, your app is simpler now, and I think that's you know an improvement. Yep, totally. So other stuff that happened, um, Dan has been doing um, a nice job of adding, uh, talking about the stuff that we already do that we're just not mentioning. So like on our landing page, we talk about spam. We had previously talked about spam filtering in a very subtle way, like as mm -hmm. a small part of one other bullet kind of thing. And also like sending auto responses to your email and things like that. Uh, so he has played up in a couple places, like on the landing page and also our credit card page. Um, hey, we do these things and they're useful and we should tell people that. So this is uh, improving copy to represent what the app actually does. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Just telling people. And it's, it's nice because it's not even more code. It's just like we should actually mention that we do these things. Yeah, definitely. Are you doing any of those as tests or is all of that just going in? as? That's uh, all just going, going live, doing it live. <laughs> the classic doing it live yep yep that style uh as far actually as far as tests let's talk about a test um so i've been running the guarantee versus trial test a very interesting one just to catch people up uh so depending on which variant you see you might either be offered a 14-day free trial or a 60-day money-back guarantee with no trial uh and the test has hit a 96% significance, uh, okay. telling us that we take about a 40% or confidence uh, that we take about a 40% hit on conversions for the guarantee variant, hmm. which turns out to be probably a, roughly a wash given our trial to paid conversion, okay. which is in the mid 50s. So it's, we probably make about the same amount of money in either either way, but which makes me prefer the trial one because it gets more people into form keep. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I would have. Ex I know you were initially hoping to go for the guarantee, and personally, that's that's my preferred avenue on that. But mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting yeah, that you're choosing to go the option that gets you more users. I'm coming around to the idea of. Um, so Dan is also Dan has been pushing uh, or suggesting that we do also another test of um, no credit card upfront. Mm -hmm. So there, a we've looked at some data. Um, there was a company that uh, I guess has data on about a hundred SaaS companies and looked at the overall conversion rate of like visitor to paid customer of credit card upfront versus not, uh, or credit card like after. And the credit card after performed better by a fair margin across these companies. Hmm. So that's like just like one D 
decent data point. Uh, we're not those companies, but hey, it's good to know. Right. Well, I think, I mean, we know of a few counterpoints to that, though. Like Rob Walling is, uh, speaks about it pretty often. His general rule is credit card up front. That's the game, mm-hmm. unless you have a strong reason not to. I'm intrigued for, for you to do a test, but yeah, uh, I think there are plenty of counterpoints and that you have one point in, in favor of it, then certainly give it a try. Chad has been making a point when, in our one-on-ones about how it makes sense to have different approaches at different times. At like So maybe we start off with a fairly restrictive thing where it's like, okay, you need to, like like the guarantee, for example, and then move to a trial and then move to credit card afterward, like uh, after the thing. Maybe even try freemium if we're f- feeling crazy. Hmm. But those things might be like different phases in Form Keeps Life. Like as we've gotten, re- as we get really good at converting people um, to trials, maybe then we can use that knowledge to convert people on a, from a freemium plan into things or or something along those lines. Right. Yeah, but that that makes sense. I, I like thinking about it as a thing that changes over time, even though <laughs> it pisses you off. I think. Uh, I wouldn't say pisses me off. It uh, no, it's it's a it's a good thing to be doing. I feel like it needs to be mixed in with other things, but oh, totally. it's definitely not a bad thing. And I think actually I probably do too little of it. Mm-hmm. I focus on some of the more in-app things and your focus, at least thus far, has been more on the sort of uh, I don't, increasing lifetime value, I think is probably the best summary of the work that you've been focused on. And it's something mm-hmm. that I've largely uh, ignored. So it certainly mm-hmm. doesn't piss me off. And in fact, I, I fully support the efforts. And thus far, I think you've, you've done quite well with it, but mm. Yeah, that's my rambly answer to that. Okay. So, yeah. So, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that we do both. Like, I, I felt like the pricing thing needed to happen. It was high priority. But but now, I'm, I'm sort of thinking of, like, tweaking the pricing model and, and the credit card timing and all that as, like, not hugely important, but, you know, spend some time on them because they can have be, there can be some decent wins there. Right. Well, so, one thing that I would caution is I think you've been talking about doing some work on the onboarding and kind of the experience of someone who's in a trial that you're trying to keep around or basically someone's first run experience and that Mm -hmm. that whole adventure Mm -hmm. and my thinking is if you're going to do a credit card after the fact i think Mm -hmm. it's worth putting in some amount of effort on that front first so that you have a foundation of solid conversion when someone first signs up to yes i'm I'm getting value out of form keep before you try any uh credit card after the fact yep totally yeah i think that's a that's a good uh a good point and that, that point was made actually at microconf by a number of people that it's like all about making a product that retains people and then like you can't out scale out market out funnel you know a product that kind of sucks and has like a crappy activation process yep well my my uh view of it is you basically have this kind of swinging pendulum of you fix marketing for a while because you're just not getting enough people in the door and then when you feel good about that number then you suddenly notice that churn is too high and so you go and you fix that end in the bottom of the funnel and then you realize oh you know what i'm not getting enough out of each individual customer that we have so you spend a little bit of time on increasing lifetime value and you kind of just rotate in between them i don't know like there's not uh you do this and then this and then you're done oh yeah i see it as you just kind of rotate between and each of those has sub distinctions within it and there's onboarding is slightly different than retention and engagement is slightly different than you know all the other things but the idea Mm -hmm. of rotating through each of those and spending a month at a time on any given one definitely makes sense to me i actually think uh, this is just my theory based on limited experience that this is the hardest part of product management running a product is deciding where to spend your time yeah, yeah, the unlimited possibilities is definitely a thing. Uh, back when I was basically working as a developer and there was a list of Trello cards and I would pick off the top one and then I would do right. it. Right, exactly. That's a very different experience then. So what do I want to work on today of the everything that is within the scope of my control? Huh, all right, that's a big yep. question. Yeah, and you can spend a month on emails. 
Yes. Right? Like lifecycle emails, easily spend a month. Mm-hmm. Like, is that the good? Is, should you? And the worst thing is there's definitely at least one, if not 10 blog posts out there that tell you that the most important and highest leverage thing that you can do is lifecycle emails. There's right. also a similar set of 10 that say actually increasing revenue per user is the thing that you should do. And basically for every single thing that you can do, there's probably someone out there espousing the merits of that as a primary focus. Yep. And just kind of, uh, yeah, it really does come down to you've got to make a decision and kind of stick to it for an amount of time, I think. Maybe. But, <laughs> or, or, that's, or that's not optimal. Oh, Ben, don't complicate this. No, I mean, it's it's it complicated. Is. That's just how it is. It, it, is it's, yeah. it reminds me of this thing that I've experienced in programming where I have a lot more experience where people, when I was teaching newer programmers, they would sometimes ask, like, well, how do you know when you should do this and when you should do that? And my answer, like my tongue-in-cheek answer is like, that's why you get paid the big bucks. Right. It's because there are questions for which like the answer is like, yeah, I mean, if you got to, you got basically, you need wisdom. You need to have done this a bunch of times and seen the results of, you know, you know, version A and version B and then had them see them played out and determine using context clues, which situation you're in. And, you know, it's, there's no substitute for experience. And that's, that's kind of why this is tough is because we're, we're in a, in a, in an area where we don't have as much experience. And so we're kind of trying to figure out and we're building that wisdom as we go. Yep. I also, I think, uh, the idea of, uh, I, I think I say this on every podcast, but the perfect is the enemy of the good. Like you can mm-hmm. spend a lot of time trying to make the perfect decision as to the next thing to focus on. Mm-hmm. And if that takes you, you know, a week to figure out if that week had just been applied to lifecycle emails to pick one thing. And you did that with you know full focus and attention, that's probably better in the long run, even though it wasn't the optimum place. Um, there's a point of diminishing returns on finding the right thing to be doing, I think. And mm-hmm. again, that, that just makes this whole thing harder. But I don't think it's a like binary. That is the correct thing to be doing. And if you're not doing that, you're doing something wrong. I think yeah. it's there's a best thing, but there's also a bunch of other stuff. And mm-hmm. any of them done with focus and effort, it's probably going to get you further. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so other stuff I'm doing. So we're actually working on the product. We're making the product better. Go figure. Uh, one of the things that is in progress now is I have uh, Tyson. Uh, Tyson Gatch? Gatch. So, Tyson Gatch uh, is doing uh, a UI, not an overhaul. I would say it's more of a refactoring than an overhaul. It's tweaking some things as opposed to starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited to get that out. He is doing some good stuff. The mockups look awesome. They solve a number of just UI oopses we made or like just like slight inconsistencies or things that, that could be better. Uh, and that's in progress. I'm excited. So are these in-app? Are these marketing pages? Is it everything? No, no, all, all in the app. All in the app, okay. In, in the app, yep. Once you've actually signed up, like, what does it look like? And so that combined with, um, I have now finally had some people accept my uh, onboarding invitation. Oh, nice. I started offering them two months free. <laughs> so it turns out if you throw enough money at people, eventually they will do what you want. Yep. Uh, so I have, I think three calls scheduled. I had one today, uh, and it was interesting. It was enlightening. So I'm starting to get what I want, which is like to get a sense of who is signing up and why right. did they sign up and how do they find us and why, what are they, you know, what's their goal? So the UI thing is going to happen. And then I think by the time that ships, I will have a better sense of where we're falling down on activation. And so that will be kind of like phase two right after that. But yeah, so app, app improvements are on the way. Nice. Uh, so real quick, going back to the uh, actually getting to chat with some users. Yep. Uh, how did you how did you get in front of them signing up for the app? How did you get in contact with them? Uh, so when you you enter a username and password to create an account, then you enter a credit card and you hit OK. And then the next page is, can we jump on a call? And it's my smiling face. And I say, hey, I'm the lead developer of FormKeep. I want to make sure it's awesome. Can we jump on a quick thing? 
uh, if you, you know, I realize it's not quite as convenient as just setting it up yourself, but I'm happy to give you uh, two months free if you do it. Okay, so you caught them just after sign up and basically told yep. them halt your progress. We'll sign. We'll we'll set up a call as soon as possible. Yeah, yep. that makes and there's sense. a link and there's a link to my calendar calendly thing, so there's no back and forth about you know when are we gonna do this. They can schedule it themselves and just shows up on my calendar and I get an email mm-hmm. and I have like an availability window set so that like even like an hour or I think it's two, well, yeah, I think it's one hour from when they're there, they can like potentially jump on my calendar. So like for this person was like maybe two hours after he signed up, he, he scheduled an appointment. So oh, that's good. And that, that has enough uh, immediacy that it doesn't hurt. Uh, right. It's same day. So. So they had to like click through to get to the Calendly page, right? It didn't show availability immediately. No, no, okay. no. Yeah, if there were like a way to embed the Calendly and even say like, hey, I can talk to you in one hour. And I think that would... Yeah, that'd be I, cool. I, mean, it sounds like I think they do that now, mean, actually. They do, they do offer embedding. Oh, okay, I that's should, I, could peek, I could peek at that. But so I'm, I have... And I, I think I have two others scheduled already for that, which I'm, I'm just... It's nice to see people starting to say yes to it. Yeah. I, I've actually had a hard time getting people to talk to me. <laughs> like just in general, like uh, getting responses to my emails and whatnot. I talk to you I think, every week, Ben. Yeah, right. No, I talk to people I want to talk to. Oh, fair enough. Um, so people who pay me money, uh, I, I think part of it is that our audience is developers and they are aware that many emails are automated. And so they think that all my emails are automated, even when I type them myself. Oh yeah. So I think I need to start doing like I have in the past just like written an email, by the way, this is not automated. I type this myself. Yep. Uh, so I think I need to start doing that because I think people are just assuming like this is the whatever automatic email. Well, I think also, I don't know where you fall on the spectrum, but whenever there's an option to like, hey, would you like to speak with a salesperson or you can do it yourself and click through these pages of information, I always go for the click through pages of information. Yeah. Uh, I'm a friendly person. I like talking to people, but there's something about that type of interaction that uh, I tend to avoid, something that feels forced or salesy or anything like that, right. I tend to move away from. Yeah, totally. It was interesting today that the call I jumped on, the person expected me to be giving him a demo. Interesting. He was like, go ahead, sir. So go ahead and give me the demo. And I was like, <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. I can give you a demo. And I just kind of made it up on the fly. But that was a surprise. I'm curious if that will recur, like if that'll be a common theme. Like mm-hmm. are people expecting like, oh, that's right. This is the enterprise type sales process. So this person <laughs> will have a demo and then, you know. Yeah. Um, so just as one last data point on that, did you offer, are you refunding their first month or are you giving them future months free? So he's on a trial still, the person that oh, I, I met right, with today. Right. So gotcha. I just gave him a coupon for the next the next two months. So what else? We have one other thing. One other, so there's other, other stuff is happening. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff, good things this week. But the one uh, other big thing worth mentioning is that we have a growth experiment that's going really well so far, which is, so we have a, a thank you page. So if by default uh, you submit a form to FormKeep, we redirect you to our like FormKeep slash thanks page. And it's just as a generic like, thanks, we got your submission. And there's a button, there was a button to like go back to where you came from. Mm-hmm. So that was if you did not set the redirect URL. You can override that URL. Um, and most people, a lot of people do. Can you override um, that URL on all plans? Currently on all plans, yes. Okay. Uh, that, that, will, that will likely change one day. Right. Um, but... Many people actually don't override it. It is the second most visited page on the FormKeep site <laughs> after the landing page. Yep. And so Dan was like, we need a thing on there to try to convert people. And I was like, yeah, okay. So we added a button on that page, uh, which is, thanks, we got your submission. And then below is like a blue clickable button that says, create your own form. Yep. And we're seeing, so far, I mean, it's early. It's basically been live like a day or two, but we're seeing about a 3 to 4% conversion rate on that page from, from that page to customer, like gave to us a customer. credit card. Wow. The customer, which is about 10x the landing page. Huh. 
Uh, it's like way higher than our normal landing page. Yeah, this uh, this makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, mm-hmm. that, that so you, high you, of a thing, that's surprising. But Even if it drops off a ton, it still might actually be a much better channel for us than our own marketing page. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I, so how many people have gone through that? How like? I how mean, long? it's like four people or something. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I mean, no, it's like four people have converted into customers. Okay, so four, and if that's, yeah, so it's like 100 people, and four of them have converted into customers. That's still, I mean, that's a thing right there. That's interesting. Uh, I would like... It's interesting data for sure. Yeah, I would love to hear weekly updates on that one, because that sounds super interesting. Yep, for sure. And I I set up a thing so that now we're like tracking like UTM params Mm -hmm. on customer records. So I'll be able to say, okay, this per like like you do an upcase... So we set a thing in the session when they click that button, and then when they actually sign up, we we basically just store in the database and say, hey, this person came from this place. Right. But so like we're doing that, and we're running Twitter ads, and we're running Facebook ads, and and a couple other things. And today we have had our best day ever in terms of new trials. So we're at three, six, seven new customers today, or seven new trials today, which is better than we've done before. So it seems like some of the stuff is is working. Nice. That all. Yeah. yeah that sounds like stuff's coming together. Uh, so yeah, things are good. And then I also, I'll cover this later, but I, I wrote down a list of things I did poorly this week. Excellent. I yes. forgot to, uh, I guess I w- I've been gone for most of this week, but, uh, I forgot to remind you, but I, I was writing yeah, it in my, in my notes like, oh, there was the thing. Ah, yes, there was another thing. So now I'm, I'm prepared for the, our later segment. Awesome. Yeah. So how was your week? <clears throat> my week has been good. So I've been, uh, working remotely. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm always working remotely for my team who's Gabe who works out in uh, San Francisco, but, mm-hmm. uh, I took advantage of that and I'm up visiting some friends and taking a little bit of vacation slash working remotely up in uh, Portland, Maine, which is lovely, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit cold actually, but otherwise it's a beautiful area. So enjoying that. Uh, but we've done some stuff. So, uh, as of last week, I was talking about our revenue dip. Things had kind of fallen Mm -hmm. off a cliff and didn't really know why, did some research. Uh, We found two major factors. One was a particular email sequence went out a while ago announcing the active record course, number of people converted related to that, and it looks Mm -hmm. like they had higher churn. So there wasn't much Mm -hmm. we could do about that other than I can now bring that knowledge forward and expect similar uh, spikes and then dips associated with any launch. That's something that I'll just kind of keep in mind. Uh, But the other much more uh, interesting thing was that I had found myself in a... uh, Place between two different email sequences, unfortunately. I turned off one without turning on the other. Right, yep. Uh, so that day, I re-enabled the email sequence, uh, and things have turned around since then. We've uh, picked up some revenue. Uh, so we were losing revenue, and now we are gaining revenue. Not that either of those were uh, you know, true linear things, but it looks better now, so that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. We're back to gaining revenue, and hopefully we'll continue growing. But so one of the things that happened is I realized... This all happened because we were transitioning to a new email sequence. So the you come to Upcase, you sign up for your account, you watch a free video or something like that, and we send you an email. We actually send you a, a sequence of emails. And historically, you had written one, but it was much more generically helpful and talking about the sort of stuff that is on Upcase, but not actually pointing at Upcase. Uh, so we switched it over to the new one, which is much more pointing into Upcase because recently we've made a bunch of stuff free, made it possible to essentially point in without someone having a subscription. So I've been working under the assumption that that's going to be a better converting email sequence for us because it talks much more about Upcase. It brings people into the app uh, and just basically gives us more opportunities to convert them into a subscriber and to convince them that that's useful. But I realized that is an assumption and not a truism. So uh, I decided I needed Mm. to test this rather Mm. than just doing a hard switch over to the new email sequence. 
Uh, so this is where things got fun. I, I'm like, all right, I, I need to do this. So I have an event that gets triggered when a new customer, when someone signs up for Upcase. Uh, so mm-hmm. this is not subscribing, but this is just signing up and creating an account essentially. And so okay. when that happens, I now wanted to split it and put them into one of two mail sequences, A-B a- test the entire mail sequence. Uh, unfortunately, Drip does not have this, but uh, I decided this was important. I needed to do this. So I guess and checked my way through to a suitable A-B test heuristic that I am going to use from now on. Uh, <laughs> so that is, uh, I'm limited in the sort of things that I can filter on in Drip, but one that I have available is email contains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I searched through the alphabet and I found the magic letter that uh, roughly seems to split in half our user base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the letter S. So for anyone I've done there, stuff like this. Yeah, uh, it, it's unfortunate. It's something that I feel like eventually Drip will definitely have this. Yeah, but for now they don't. Uh, Derek, if you're listening, we need this. Yes, definitely. Uh, but uh, I was able to do this, and I was actually happy once I thought through that. I was like, wait, I can I can just do something here. Uh, and so I made that, and I now have both email sequences running. Since turning them back on, like I said, revenue has turned around. So the the high level, are we doing okay? Yes, things are going back in the direction that we want them to. But looking more specifically at emails, uh, we are sending drastically more emails now, as would be expected. Uh, but that's both those two sequences, which are essentially getting an A-B split. And we've sent out, I think, like we've subscribed about 200 people to them. So that's mm-hmm. about 200 people that would not have received any follow-up from us after signing up that now are. But in addition to that, I'm also seeing it's probably about 4x on the uh, abandoned cart sequence. So the one hmm. where someone comes, lands on the checkout, authenticates there, but then does not continue and subscribe. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that's just another point for me to get in touch. And that's the one where uh, the email is much more personal. Like, hey, I'm Chris. I'm here. If you have any questions, anything you want to talk about. Uh, and so I'm now starting to get more responses from that. And uh, like there was an interesting one today where someone was like, well, uh, I'm actually in a boot camp right now, so I'm not quite ready to sign up, but I think I will at the end. That said, do you have a course about X? Uh, and particularly they were asking about database queries. And I was like, you know what? We actually do. Uh, here's this course. You can check it out for free now. And there you go. Nice. So that was a really like it was a, really the site should have told them that. And that should have been more clear uh, in Upcase. But sometimes just my ability, like I could answer that email in one minute. And I think that I think I've now converted a user down the road, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about all of those in the way. This is kind of the the dream of the funnel for Upcase is coming coming together now so uh, nice glad that that's all back in place so you're a b testing email sequences to turn people that give create an account but not subscribe you want to see which one makes them subscribe more often yes so there's uh the historical one which is more generic here's some ruby tips here's some vim tips Uh, it includes links to giant robots posts and things like that much less uh, much less of a specific sales phrasing about Upcase or about those sort of things. The newer mm-hmm. sequence is Upcase is great. Here are the pain points that we're addressing. Here's some links to some content, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So based on what we've seen, verbiage like that and pointing at stuff that we have has worked well. So I'm hopeful that that one will perform better and will lock it down. But if not, that means I go back to the drawing board and look at the existing sequence and see if there's anything I can do to improve the performance of that, but use that as a foundation instead. Hmm. You reminded me of a thing about drip sequences. Which is? So FormKeep has a uh, email course, right. creating, designing contact forms that convert. Yep. Uh, so, but uh, our our email course does not convert. It turns out we have had, we subscribed something like seventy five people to it, and yep. none have become customers. That's Zero. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. 
Uh, yep. Yeah, no, it's, it's so, time to uh, mix it up and try a different one. Yeah, that's in the failure failure category. Which is fine. You got to have some failures, or else you're not trying hard enough. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure if we're gonna like revisit that and like rewrite it, like make another one, or maybe that's just not a good channel for us due to our audience or due to something, or like maybe we just pick the wrong topic. I'm, I'm not sure where to go, but maybe if I as I talk to more people, I'll have some ideas. Like as I as I get a better sense of who's signing up and like do these yeah. on these uh, calls, I'll be like, okay, everyone here is trying to do X or Y, so let's make a course about that. Yeah, I think yeah, as you're talking to users uh, with the Dream Job course that exists on Upcase, you found a really strong voice that like spoke to users clearly, and it's been a extremely high converting thing for us. Yeah, uh, and if you can, I'd imagine that there's something that will speak to users on that side as well. But mm-hmm. you'll find yeah. out. We'll see. So yeah, that's that was the main thing from last week that, uh, as we discussed a little bit, I was feeling a little bit out of control with that and as, as some negative emotions. And now uh, it turned around in a way that seems to be very clear to indicate that this was important. It's nice to know that the emails matter because uh, we put some significant effort into them. But I think that's that's back to good. And I have this magic A-B testing uh, heuristic that I can use moving forward. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. That's yeah. I, I did a, I did the same thing in, in intercom one time. It's like okay, I, I don't have I can't A/B test this message. So how do I? What can I do to segment people by something goofy? Yep. And I think it was it was like what you did. I've had a couple of moments though thinking about it. I'm like, wait, is there something about the letter S that would actually bias this so that I'm getting like distinct <laughs> segments, right? Like native ring. English speakers versus not or something. Is something weird like that. Uh, I have yet to come up with anything. I tried to think like Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail. None of them have an S in it. Is there a fourth that would be prominent? that suddenly I'm getting that user base and that user base might be different. But then I stopped thinking about it because I was getting way too specific. But yeah, I have had a few moments of like, wait, did I, did I bias the whole thing? But I think it's, it's a good enough heuristic and it works for me now until we get actual A-B testing and drip. Hey, drip, please. Mm-hmm. So anyway, other stuff that we did. There's a lot of things. This week was very foundational. So in the sense of what did we do and when we get to the questions, uh, not much. Uh, we did a lot of things, just none of them are complete yet. Okay. Um, but that said, I feel great about a lot of the work that's going on. And again, it's very foundational work. So we have a um, particular project around an SEO thing that I'm not going to talk about in too much detail yet. I want to actually get it live. Uh, I'm hopeful that by next week we'll have this live, if not definitely the week after. Um, but it's been on the list of things that we want to do for, frankly, like six months now. And it kept just falling down. Uh, it's a little bit complicated to implement. And we kept just not pushing through. And finally, this week, I was like, nope, this is, we have to do this. We have to push on it. We have to find a way to get it done. Uh, And we've made, Gabe particularly has been working on it, has made huge progress. So I'm excited. I think we're very near to being able to implement that. And I think this could be big. Uh, We'll see. We'll find out. That'll also be interesting to share with the audience. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd rather wait until it's actually live and, you know, not not count my uh, eggs till they've hatched sort of thing. Okay. So that took up a good amount of time this week, but uh, isn't isn't yet ready. So other things. One thing that we do have that we can report back on is uh, we made a small change to the header of the site. So if, mm-hmm. you're, if you land on a marketing page or you're signed out in any way, you'll see a different version of the header than if you're a signed in user. Uh, and so in particular, one thing that was uh, missing from the header was the weekly iteration. So the weekly mm-hmm. iteration was sort of an orphaned page. It was possible to get there if you clicked through to a video, which we linked to a number of videos from various landing pages, and then subsequently clicked through to the weekly iteration, which is linked back from that video. Mm-hmm. But that's enough that it was uh, essentially not orphaned, but low enough that Google was like, yeah, we don't care. And that meant that there were many videos on that page that were also kind of hidden from the view. And there's lots of great copy on those pages and all sorts of things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so by moving it into the header, uh, we basically rank now for terms that we didn't. Uh, so nice. we're on page one for, there are 110 videos, and we're not on page one for all of them, but we're on page one for a lot of them, like Ruby keyword arguments. Uh, we now have a video from the weekly iteration on the page one results for that search term. Nice. So it's nice. It's also interesting to see that like, yeah, SEO is a thing. That's that's important. And we're seeing landings from that. And we also have now, uh, again, that whole funnel sequence that I was talking about with the emails. It all kind of mixes together. So while that's a little thing, it mixes in with everything else. And I think will be uh, a bigger deal longer term. So I'm excited about that. Uh, small mm-hmm. but meaningful. The updated checkout that we released last week seems to be holding strong. I'm going to keep an eye on the data a little more closely, but thus far, high-level metric of are we seeing MRR increase? We are, so happy with that, and I'll uh, mm-hmm. report back when I have more detail. Um, beyond that, lots of uh, kind of prep work, working on the new trail that we'll be releasing soon, so broke ground on on that. Uh, prepping some weekly iteration stuff. for I'm going to record that next week, as well as Gabe is coming to town in two weeks. Uh, and so working with him on the outlines for the course and the weekly iterations that he'll be doing and some initial work on retention curves stuff and amplitude trying to understand onboarding and user churn from a from an analytics perspective as well as looking at what we have for engagement email sequences and things like that Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah a lot of stuff but none of that is really done i would say so uh, hopefully in future weeks i'll have a lot more to say but for now that's kind of laying the foundation for those uh, one thing that we do have live is a new test on the homepage. Uh, this is a visual nice. website optimizer test, mixing up a few headlines, uh, emphasizing some content, de-emphasizing some other things. So we'll see if we can eke out a few points there, but who knows? That's why we test. Mm-hmm. Also starting to work on design updates to our marketing emails. Uh, so I think the content of our emails is great, but they're not so good on mobile. They don't do the responsive thing as well as I would like. So we're just going to try and track down a good responsive template and get that in there. Hmm. let's see a couple other things but mostly i think like i said this week was laying foundations putting in some work that will hopefully turn into yeah we shipped a new thing uh in the near future on a bunch of fronts cool awesome well that all sounds like good stuff yeah and, uh, like i said it's it's lots of uh foundational stuff that i'm happy to have in progress particularly that one thing that's been on the list but not moving for six months really glad to have that moving so mm-hmm. yeah and it's good to see you uh in in seemingly better spirits yeah well you know it's uh, i Overall, I want to decouple my emotional state from this graph that's on the Good internet. Good luck. Yeah, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. But every up and down, I try and have a little conversation with myself. It's like, okay, see, when it goes up, that doesn't mean I'm amazing. And when it goes down, that doesn't mean I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, good luck. Good luck to everyone yeah. on that. Yeah, exactly. I, was, I saw a talk or a blog post or something about someone that was just like, I've given up on trying to divorce my own happiness from my startup success because I'm just not going to be able to. So, oh, well. And I was like, yep, that seems, I think that's kind of reasonable. That's one approach. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe just meditate more? I don't know. I do. That's that's one option. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's answer some questions. We've decided the questions are a good thing. I think we've heard that uniformly from everyone but Derek. So (laughs) Uh, so why is your product better for your customers than last week? Unfortunately, nothing concrete on this front. Okay. Uh, What have you done to acquire more customers since last week? similarly uh, lots of stuff in the works but nothing nothing official to report here Alrighty. uh what did you do well that you should repeat uh prioritizing that uh, bigger project that has been on the list for a long time but never quite made it to the top feeling very good that mm-hmm. that is actually in motion now nice what did you do less well that you should reduce 
Uh, so despite the fact that we did prioritize that thing, it's kind of a one person working on it at any given time. So, uh, Gabe was doing a lot of work on that. Awesome. That was moving extremely well. Very happy. I ended up bouncing between a lot of things and wasn't as focused on whatever the second most important thing should have been. Uh, so I think in general, a little more focus even beyond that, that one biggest thing. Um, so yeah. Okay. I think in the next podcast, you get to, you get to say what it is, whether or not it's done talking about the like the mystery project i don't think i've talked about it that much and it will i believe be done by next week nice you wouldn't release your pricing for four weeks so really yeah i kept trying to get it out of you and you wouldn't talk about what your pricing tiers were going to be so i think i get a little mystery man you've also suggested that i have mystery and send out emails pre-announcing things so i think this is a this is a tactical strategy man i'm gonna blow your cover next week uh that's fair (laughs) uh okay uh what do you hope to do by next time uh, continue work on uh, prepping the next course for release. Don't think it'll be ready next week, but want to push that forward. Um, continue work on uh, the super secret project that you will uh, <laughs> share with the world if I don't next week. And yes. uh, let's see, weekly iteration, outlines with Gabe. So some content stuff there. Uh, and then depending on time, this may be uh, too generous, but continued efforts on onboarding and engagement work. Okay. Sounds like a busy week. Yeah, that's a lot uh, of stuff. What is your MRR and is it up or down versus last time? Uh, we are at 34669 which is up a little over $100 from last week. So turning it around. Excited about that. And the percentage? Uh, oh, I forgot I was going to calculate that for you. It's less than 1%. So this is 0.3% increase. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Ben, how about you? Uh, what did you do to make your app better for subscribers this week? So I touched a little bit on this with the unread thing, um, but this was part of some broader uh, performance work. So the site as a whole is faster than it was. We've made some UX tweaks. There were a couple corner cases when you were subscribing or trying to manage forums that were a little confusing that I've done some fix up on with like flash messages and things like that. And also a bug that I fixed that was showing up for people in the wild. Sounds good. Uh, What did you do to get more subscribers? Uh, so we are running Twitter and Facebook ads. Uh, we are running that quote unquote viral thing on the thank you page. <laughs> and we have been, yeah. And we've been talking about uh, our benefits better on the uh, marketing site. Nice. Those all sound like solid, uh, solid wins. Um, yeah. What did you do well that you should continue doing? Um, I think so. Once again, I'm struck by the power of having multiple people working on the product. <laughs> Um, so having design work progressing and having Dan's help on the growth stuff, uh, both have been really great. So, uh, remembering to try to use thought potters that are available and have downtime. Yep. Uh, was, was good. All right. This is the, this is the big one, Ben. What did you do poorly that you should reduce? Okay. I got a few things here. All right, what do we got? Uh, so first of all, uh, I put off my weekly review, mm. like getting lazy about like actually sitting down and going through everything. So like I, I talked, I think last week about how it's nice to sometimes just be in reactive mode and, and to kind of just respond to things and, and get stuff done quickly that way. Yep. Uh, but also you need the other thing, which is where you think about the whole world and the whole product and figure out what to do. Sounds like you might have uh, overcorrected I, on that. And uh, just just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and it gives me this sense of like out of controlness, where it's like I haven't looked at my sheet of things to do, so maybe there are things there that are important that I haven't looked at, and I, I, but like, and then I get this anxiety of like oh, I haven't reviewed it in so long, I have to review so many things, yep. and blah blah blah. So that was not great. Another thing is too much bare metrics. <laughs> I, I think so. Like I have certain things in my like blocked in my host file, like Twitter and Hacker News and things like that, and I think I might also just block bare metrics. Wow. 
like just stick to the weekly emails maybe god that sounds hard but uh, like it's like way too many times per day that i'm looking at that so i'm intrigued what uh, i tend to look at it once a day and that's enough because i get the updated aggregate value from the previous day or from that given day Mm -hmm. and then that's it so are you going deeper into the specifics and the breakdown and all of that it's more like i'm generally watching the live feed Gotcha. So like seeing new people subscribe or cancel or downgrade or upgrade or or like fail payments and just yeah no. and like sometimes that's like kind of useful because I'll jump in there and like shoot off emails and things like that which occasionally get responses, um, but yeah I think it's it's definitely more than than necessary more than would be good yeah that's it also feels like that data source is so noisy that you can be watching that and if you see three cancellations come in in sequence then you're going to see that as like oh god the world is ending. When really mm-hmm. it's like actually, but there were four subscriptions right before that, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm I'm personally safe on that front thus far. But yeah. actually, I forgot that that was even a thing, and now you've mentioned it to me, and so here's hoping I can stay away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's just like tw- I mean, it's like, kind of like it feels like Twitter. It's like I'm just looking for that dopamine hit of like, yep. give me some new information that I can look at. Yep. Two more things. One uh, is I worked on a thing that like was not super crucial like today like i started removing clear bit because it sounded fun i was like ooh, deleting more code and it was just i i sort of paused part of the way through and was like is this important is this actually super useful and it's like not really not right now and so i stopped this was removing clear bit did you say removing clear bit yeah so was this an integration that you had or was this in the app so that you could see who your customers were or uh, it's an integration that we have. Uh, we don't display it to almost anyone right now. It was like half. It was implemented and then like rolled out to like four people, and then like gotcha. it sort of sat there since then. And it was causing some performance issues. So I was like, maybe we should just pull this out until we're ready to actually do it. And so I started hmm. to do that. And then I was like, this is not great. What's the real problem here? I was like, the real problem is that we're like using, we're looking up everyone's information on Clearbit and only displaying it to like four people. So why don't hmm. I just put like a conditional in there so we don't hit have the performance hit and then come back to this later? And that's what I ended up doing. I like when you can find the the lesser implementation that still gets you 80% of the way there. Yeah, totally. It's nice. Uh, and the last thing was just like I've, I've seen like this tendency, which is like when I don't do the weekly review and I don't have a clear sense of like what's next, I get stuck in like spinning wheels mode where like I'm just like fiddling with a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, like barometrics is one of the things I fiddle with or like I just like kind of like start looking for like random little things to do. And like it's like when it's not clear with, that there's something that's good to do or worth doing, I sometimes get kind of stuck in like, well, I don't know what to do. What should I do? Uh, maybe I'll go look at the metrics. Hmm. Yep. Maybe I'll go to the console and see what the last person did. Like just, I don't know, goofy stuff. And it, I, I kind of end up in this like mode of like undirected playing with things. Yeah, I've definitely found uh, I'm similar. I have the weekly review sort of thing. And the basically taking a step back, looking at things from a higher uh, altitude to uh, borrow the vernacular there. And yeah. When I do that, everything is much clearer. But I find if I don't do that, there's this weird thing that happens where I'll do a bunch of stuff and suddenly the smaller list is empty. And I'm like, well, I guess there's nothing to do. Yeah. And that I ever spend any time in any part of my life saying like, well, I guess there's nothing to do. I'm going to do this unimportant thing is crazy because there are always important big picture things to be doing. Uh, and that's the thing that I've found is like always making sure that I've... Uh, listed those out and made clear the next steps on whatever those important things are so that when my brain is in afternoon mode and can't think as hard there's something for it to work with that is good and useful and directed towards the end game that is definitely when it hits me is the afternoon yep like i'm usually pretty solid in the morning and then right after lunch it's like three or four o'clock it's like now what there are a few more hours left in the day but like i don't know nothing seems super important yeah no morning me has to prepare a task list for afternoon me these are these are rules totally. in the world afternoon yeah, me be cannot good... be trusted yeah, I've seen people use con- like like context of like brain dead. 
Yep. Which is just like, okay, I'm like, it's like four o'clock. I could, I can do some more work, but I can't think, I don't, I don't want creative work. I don't want hard work. I want like, you know, check off the box kind of I thing. I need clerical tasks. I need to yeah. respond to a very clear email that literally just needs me to respond to it. I don't have to think, just have to do it. Yeah. yeah. I could do some of that. Yep. So that's it. That's those are a bunch of things I did poorly this week. That's Hopefully awesome. that will hold me for the next month. <laughs> no, for the next month, I'm going to say nothing. It's interesting. I really do feel like this, the, the did poorly is probably the more interesting. The did well is like, yeah, okay, pat on the yeah. back, but there's so much yeah, more yeah. to be learned from the did poorly and even there was you know one or two in there that were well i was doing this thing poorly and then i noticed and i reacted and corrected course and i think those are worth saying as well and worth focusing on yep so thanks for sharing ben we appreciate yeah. it no problem uh you're gonna ask me another question uh yeah one more question two more two questions more. actually uh what are your plans for the next week uh i would love i want to get our ui refactor shipped so my goal is to make sure Tyson stays totally unlocked. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be like dropping everything to make sure he's he has free reign yep. or he has you know a clear path ahead. Um, and also keep helping Dan. He doesn't need a lot of help, but just sort of just staying in touch and making sure that that continues because I think some of that growth stuff is already starting to pay off, which feels great. Yep. Uh, and I'd love to talk. I mean, honestly, I'd love to talk to like four to five to six people next week if I can. If I if we get the trials agreeing to it, that would be wonderful. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. It's a fun week. Uh, yeah. Last question. MRR, up or down, and by how much? Uh, we're up 6% to $6,561. Very nice. Onward yeah. and upward. Yeah, it's working out well. Awesome. So I think that's it. That's it. Well, thank you for bearing with me on the road with my slightly less than ideal call quality. Yeah, our apologies for the, the, the quality, but you are you back in the studio next week? I'm back in the studio next week. Uh, next two weeks will be good, and then I'll be on vacation the week after that, like real vacation, not talking to anybody vacation. All right, so we'll be back to our normal high-quality yes. audio. Cool. Well, today's show was produced and edited by Tom the Toolman Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 193. Thanks for listening.